Well, hello, my friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. Hope you guys are continually getting the truth out there and standing up for freedom. There's a lot of things that have been occurring over the last couple of weeks. We've gone into detail about them. One of those particular have been the trucker convoy, who I've tried to keep you guys repeatedly updated every single day because it's been such an interesting incident. And what's interesting about this now is the Freedom Convoy protesters have pretty much dismissed Trudeau's emergency power move yesterday. They said many members of the Ottawa's Freedom Convoy, which urged the Canadian government to drop the unbelievably illegal experimental vaccine mandate, have now dismissed Trudeau's decision to use the Federal Emergency Act. <laughs> they said it's a scare tactic. Members of the Ottawa blockade that have kept the capital at a standstill for nearly three weeks are calling the federal government's use of the Emergency Act a scare tactic. They said Trudeau's involvement in invoking the Emergency Act for the first time, maintaining an ongoing presence of us in the Freedom Convoy, is temporarily unbelievably illegal. <laughs> they said the imposition of fines and imprisonment for simply protesting the federal government has no place in Canada. And these guys have pretty much said that they're not going to comply with anything. And I've got to give them credit. I am grossly impressed. I mean, this is – these guys up there, they actually are doing something. I mean, <laughs> I am very much impressed. And what's interesting about it now, the groups that – you know, there's, Canada's got different providences, so to speak. Now, Quebec has now dropped – the COVID mandates and the vaccine passports. Now, I think by in a couple of weeks, the vaccine passports are going to be done in Quebec. And they have said that the emergency decree is unjustified. The prime minister, or excuse me, the premier, Francis Legault, rejected Canadian prime minister Justin Trudeau's effort to crush the freedom convoy. He said, I think that I was very clear with the prime minister that the Federal Emergencies Act should not and will not apply in Quebec. We don't have any problems in Quebec so far. Everything is under control here. They said there were Freedom Convoy demonstrations in Montreal and Quebec over the past two weeks. But they were mostly held on weekends, and he said the emergency powers offered by Trudeau against the protesters is unwarranted and divisive. He said, I think at this moment it would not help the social climate. There's a lot of pressure right now, and I think we have to be careful. We really don't need to throw oil on the fire. So apparently it seems that Trudeau has pretty much turned himself into an island Nobody's really listening to him. Nobody really cares what he's saying, even the fact that he's invoking emergency powers. I don't know how far this deranged lunatic is willing to take this. I guess we're going to see. We're going to see the resolve of the Canadian populace and the patriots in Canada, and we're going to see the resolve of Trudeau, who's being controlled by his banker handlers, to continue to push the narrative that everybody has to comply or essentially go to jail or have your finances seized or whatever next excuse they want to use. So we'll continue to keep you updated. And again, I encourage and support Canadian truckers and the freedom protest all over our country and theirs. Continue to stand up for personal liberties and freedom. Also, to another news, this is something I found very interesting. i got to give this guy some credit. Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton yesterday filed a lawsuit against President Joe Biden bumbling buffoon administration over federal rules that mandate mask wearing 
at American airports and on airplanes. This is a big deal because you guys know I am diametrically opposed to wearing muzzles everywhere. I've told you this repeatedly, and I've said this exact same thing from the very beginning of 2020. If you are unbelievably sick and you absolutely have to leave your house, which I don't encourage people to do if you're really sick and you stay home, rest, relax, get some sleep, take your supplements, drink water. But if you have to leave for an emergency and you're really sick and you want to wear like an N95 because you're coughing and hacking and you know spewing saliva everywhere, then absolutely it's a good idea to throw a mask on if you're that sick. But 99.99% of the healthy populace in the country absolutely has no business wearing a muzzle everywhere they go. And the stupidest, most asinine thing I think we've all seen is stand six feet apart, social distance while you're in line up to the checkout counter, the air, you know, the airport, stand in line at TSA six feet apart, make sure everybody's arm distance, keep your muzzle on the whole time. Oh, wait, you're getting in a um, cockpit, you know, a, a sealed cockpit that's pressurized, recirculating the same air. Oh, that's right. Well, you're going to sit shoulder to shoulder, literally touching the person beside you. Oh, you need to make sure you have your, your paper mask up over your nose and mouth. You know, that, that's important. Well, the attorney general for Texas, Ken Paxton, said this is absolutely out of control. He said, and I quote, and this, I'm, this is one of the first people that has finally said this besides me. The Center for Disease Control and Prevention mandate was unlawfully issued. It was not authorized by Congress, and the CDC did not put the mandate up for notice and comment, which is required for a regulation like this, Paxton said. Yet a person's failure to comply with the administration's mask mandate carries criminal penalties? How does this work? In a tweet, Paxton noted that Wednesday's legal action represents another lawsuit against the Biden administration. He said, I just filed my 22nd suit against Biden, this time regarding anti-science, virtual signaling, Mask on airplane at airports. Mask on planes are not only silly, but illegal. Proud to join the TPFF and Robin Neek and tags a few other people in restraining the Democrats' lawless government in the mask mandates immediately. Presently, the federal mandate is scheduled to end on March 18th, apparently, allegedly. However, as they have noted, the rules have been extended on multiple occasions. Face muzzles are also still required on trains and buses, according to the mandate. Director of the CDC, Dr. Rochelle Walensky, hardcore devout communist in my opinion, if you look back at her research, stated this week that her agency will not make modifications to its mask guidance at this time. Okay, so we have to ask ourselves the question, how long is everybody going to keep complying with this? I just spoke to another individual yesterday. It's in the vehicle industry. And I talked to him. I said, have you, you know, have you gone here or there for a couple big events? He said, no. I said, if anything, I've been driving. He said, I won't fly. I said, why not? He goes, because I'm not going to give money to a company that tells me I have to wear a muzzle in order to travel with them. I said, well said. I said, the exact same point I've had. I said, if everybody stopped flying, I guarantee you these mask mandates would drop within the week. Within the week. If everybody on the plane said, we're not going to put masks on. Even 80, 90 percent, we're not going to put masks on. No. You, all right, ground the plane. Ground all the planes. We're just going to sit here on the tarmac then. We're not wearing masks. Guarantee you the mask mandates will be lifted. So, Attorney General of Texas, I commend you for finally bringing this up because I have said this repeatedly. The CDC is not an enforcement agency. They have no authority to dictate what people can and can't do. A lot of people have failed to understand that concept. The CDC 
is a research agency funded by the federal government that is also a 501c3 corporation and also an independent agency. They're multifaceted. That's why they can get donations from other countries. They can be funded by other governments, and it's fine because it's a donation. A lot of people have failed to realize that with the CDC. That's why they're so compromised. But I'm really glad Texas AG Kim Paxton finally addressed this, that it was illegal, it was not ratified by Congress, and it was not put up for notice of comment, and it was a full-blown illegal mandate by the CDC that has no teeth whatsoever except they're still trying to find people. The FAA tries to find you, basically put you on a no-fly list if you decide not to wear a muzzle. So again, this is very interesting. Also, too, the change gears in Austria. Austria, I've talked to you guys about the country that said they're going to start fining people $8,000 per individual if they fail to get injected. Not to travel, not to go to work, not to go into a restaurant, simply to live. You're fined if you want to live without getting the shot. Well, in a full-blown U-turn, Austria is now going to relax their corona apartheid rules, targeting the nation's unvaccinated. Okay, Despite having previously promised to keep unjabbed individuals under perpetual lockdown, Austria's government has announced the vast majority of lockdown measures in the place are going to be scrapped by March 5th. This is despite authorities have previously promised that unjabbed individuals would remain under the harshest restrictions in perpetuity with the nation's then-Chancellor Alexander Schallenberg telling Austrians that the unjabbed would not be able to participate in society until they were fully injected with the experimental RNA shot. However, according to the port now, this threat has not aged well. <laughs> with the government announcing a roadmap for the relaxation of COVID measures, which will see the nation's uninjected, once again, allowed to pretty much go to bars and restaurants on Saturday. And by February 19th, regulations banning the individuals from pretty much doing anything is going to be lifted. Now, something's obviously going on here because this isn't just speculation. This isn't just accidental. Obviously, we've seen the full-blown push to control the entire world with these regulations and mandates. Now we're seeing our privileges handed back to us when in reality they were rights to begin with that so many people handed over for free. And this is what I've continued to tell people. Do not be joyous that they're handing you a privilege back. Demand from the very start that you will not comply and you will maintain your freedoms and rights what so many people I've seen on social media are up and, you know, hip, hip, hooray. We're getting our rights back. Yippee. Well, hopefully they don't take our rights away again. Yippee. And I'm going, buddy, that, those aren't rights. Those are now turned into privileges. Rights are something that are ingrained in you. There's something that you have. There's something that you do not have taken away from you unless you give them up voluntarily. What you are seeing now is rights were taken because people voluntarily gave them. And now privileges are being handed back in a different fashion. Now, at any point in time now, I promise you with all certainty, as soon as something happens, whether it's a flu outbreak, whether they try to have some weaponized Ebola or weaponized HIV or whatever weird cocktail these clowns brew up in labs, as soon as something happens again, bam, immediate measures, lockdowns, restrictions, injection mandates, they will all immediately commence. And the problem with it is now, so many people are desensitized to it. They'll simply go, oh, okay, 
we'll deal with this again because we know you know they'll, they'll lift it again in six to twelve months. We'll, we'll deal with these more restrictions. We'll deal with shutting down our business and going bankrupt again because it's it's science, right? It's because we're told to do it because it's it's science. We we have to do it because it's it's science. It's for our protection. Remember your rights, my friends. Remember that they are not rights once you hand them away and give them for free. And if you get them back, they are no longer rights. They are privileges that they give you. And the expression, being able to speak, being able to own a firearm, being able to travel, those are not things that basically are privileges. Those are God-given rights. Being able to go outside and walk down the street freely unmolested on your way is a right. Nobody can tell you you can't walk down the road freely. Yet we've had so many people detained, as we've seen in Australia and other places, simply for walking outside in a park by themselves because their mask was down around their face. This was a full-blown push to see how far they could take the populace and twist the world's psyche into believing you do not have rights. You have privileges that the all-powerful bankers grant you. Do not be twisted. Do not be confused. Do not be basically twisted as far as what we're seeing with this now. Understand what's happening and continue to stand up for your freedoms. What do you think, Deb? Very well said, and you're right. Europe is starting to unlock. Uh, Germany is starting to lift restrictions. I'm not sure if they're still going to require the vaccine passport or if Austria is going to still, still consider you could require that. But obviously, if they're opening up Austria to bars and clubs and the people going back into them again without having been ejected, then obviously they're not going to be requiring a passport in those particular venues. So, again, they do algorithms. They're always based on algorithms. We talked about this on yesterday's show. Everything's based on data points on a chart. They basically plug the computer and say, will these people basically comply? And the Austrians have not gotten injected. They just said no. A certain percentage of them did. The sheeple did. The rest of them said, no, we're not going to do that. And so now they're like in a quandary. Either you go out and you kill everybody or you basically lift the sanctions or you destroy the economy. Let me give you an example. Okay. If, if you have a group of prisoners, you know, and you have the old pirate shirt that says the beatings will continue until the morale increases, right? And so you decide you're going to beat everybody because they don't want to work hard enough. Sooner or later, you beat everybody, and then everybody's unbelievably mad, and nobody wants to work anymore. Then you can kill somebody, and you say, we're going to prove to you now that we're going to show you, we're going to kill you, we're going to hang you. But what happens if you hang everybody? Who's going to pilot the ship? Am I right or wrong? You can't hang everybody. And, and that's the problem they've run into. They've hit us with every sanction they can possibly find now, telling people that basically they're going to be fined $8,000 and be put in prison for five years. And everybody said, okay, when you guys live in the prison for five years, I'll chill out and watch TV and eat y'all's food and just do what you need to think you need to do. And so but Austria went, oh, oh, oh. You know, Germany's doing the same thing now that, that that witch Angela Merkel is gone. And so all of these things are happening all at once. And these people that are forcing these kill shots are going, well, let's go ahead and reevaluate this. We've got massive pushback by the truckers in Canada. We've got massive pushback by the truckers in the United States. We have literally millions of people protesting all over Europe and probably a lot of people protesting in the United States. But they put a big stop to that after the January 6th arrests. And all of this stuff is happening globally. And they're going, wow, these people are you know, seeming to be more resilient than we thought. And Klaus Schwab is probably going, well, you know, we have to reevaluate our timetable on all this. Now, also remember this, too, guys. They've injected a lot of people now with a kill shot. 
uh, yesterday I had, uh, you know, one of my friends, uh, they text me and they said, you know, we don't know what to do. Our friends are coming down with spontaneous cancers. Right. And they said, is this a problem with the shot? They're also being diagnosed with HIV. And so I posted some stuff on our website about that. And yes, a lot of people are being diagnosed with HIV because an HIV component was used, you know, in the development of this particular virus and also in probably going to be used in the clot shot. So, and then when you basically reduce the body's blood, when you put a line of code into the clot shot that tells your body to downregulate itself so it can manufacture spike proteins as far as its immune system, it can't. See, if you injected somebody with a spike protein shot, the immune system would destroy it immediately. They say, oh, what the heck, this is not going to be here. They've got to give it time to get into the cell structures and start replicating itself. And so the only way they can do that is they have to downregulate the immune system. Well, when you downregulate the immune system, if you've ever had cancer, it can come back very quickly. If you haven't had cancer, you can develop cancer. If you have some type of autoimmune disorder, it can get much, much worse because the body simply can't fight off this, you know, this stuff anymore. That's why so many people out there now, you know, have a, a never-ending cough. They're always coughing, 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 coughing because they've come down with COVID and they've downregulated their immune system because of what it's done as far as the virus and they're trying to build their immune systems back up. Remember what they said: the first immune, the first injection affects the immune system to between 25 and 30 percent. The second does another 25 to 30 percent. The next one does about another 25 to 30 percent. By the end of the third shot, you have the potential of your immune system being down 90 percent. So it doesn't it doesn't know what to do. You get a cold, and you're in trouble. You cut your finger and you get an infection, you're in trouble. You don't really understand why your left foot is rotting off, and now you have gangrene, and they have to put you in the hospital and put you on and the, on, on IV antibiotics. You don't understand why that's happening. Cause I, have friend, I have a friend that's happened to also because he took the shot, and he has all these clots in his legs now. And I've mentioned this the other day, but the point is maybe they've hit a certain threshold now for a population reduction and they know what their own algorithms are going to produce, and they know that millions are dead, literally millions are dead globally, and hundreds of millions, if not billions, have been affected negatively by the clot shot. Maybe they're looking at that, and they're thinking, okay, we've pushed this narrative far enough, and now we basically have to you know, back off. Like, for instance, right now with Ukraine, everybody that said the Ukraine had de-escalated, now they're coming up with these stuff and saying that that Putin says that all United States troops and NATO troops have to be out of Europe, Central Europe and Eastern Europe now, or he's going to invade Europe. These are all lies. These are all lies. Where, where, where have you seen Putin say that? Where's the video reproduction of him saying that as far as where's the proof? It's all lies because they got so much traction with the Russian narrative they're not pushing the algorithm as far as they possibly can, and now they're saying that Putin's going to do a false flag in the Ukraine. I've got a friend who lives in the Ukraine. He hasn't told me there's anything going on over there at all. And then they show pictures of a bombed-out building that somebody's launched missiles and bombs and mortar shells, etc. How do we know where the picture came from? See, the problem is, unless you're there, remember what happened a couple of years ago? We were told that, the, that Interstate 75 was closed coming into Florida and the people basically were being turned away and being checked to see if they were sick, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, we were told that by the media. I have a friend who flew up with me to the Georgia-Florida line. I told you this story. Uh, we flew all the way to Valdosta. There were no traffic stops. There were no traffic checks. There was nothing. It was all a lie. 
my buddy asked me, because you really want to fly a couple hundred miles up to the Florida line? I said, yeah, it's going to take us 30 minutes. I said, I want to find out exactly, you know, what's going on and if there's really a traffic stop up there. And if I don't want to, I don't want to drive up there because there's really a traffic stop that's backed up for 100 miles. I don't want to be stuck in that. So, yeah, let's fly. There was nothing. There was absolutely nothing at any rest area, any way station, nothing. It was all lies. And I, I reported it to you guys. I said, it's a lie. And so this is what they do constantly. And, you know, it's so frustrating to me as a Christian. It is. These people have no redeeming value at all. They're thieves. They're liars. They're, they're cheats. They're crooks. They're greedy. They, they don't care about Christians. They just soon kill Christians as they look at them. They, they, these people nauseate me. They really do. And all they do is lie. Of course, isn't that what Jesus said? To those leaders in the temple, did he say that their children, or they were children of the devil, and he was a liar from the beginning, and that basically they were all a bunch of weirdos and liars, and they basically that was their daddy? That is what he said, isn't it? The book of John, you can read it yourself. So that's the group. It's always the same group that's doing all of this stuff. It never stops the stinking lying. And see, this is what they're doing to manipulate groupthink. They got a lot of traction with the Russian mess which I told you a month ago, two months ago, wasn't real. And I told you, they could set up a false flag and blame Putin on it. They could do all this stuff. You know, that's what Gerald Salenti says. They always take you to war. When they lose the control of the narrative, they take you to war, and they bring out the patriotism flag. And that's what they've always tried to do. They did it with the Korean War. They did it with the Vietnam War, which is all about poppies and heroin out of Southeast Asia. You know, they've done it with the Gulf War, which is all about oil and putting central banks into the Middle Eastern countries. They always do that. And then they stoke that heroism flag, and they start waving the flag saying, if you don't believe what we're doing, you are not a patriot. You're either with us or you're with the terrorists, according to George W., the dumb one. And, and this is what they always do. And we sit back and we look at it, we just kind of shake our head and we go, wow, have we allowed ourselves to be dumbed and dumbed and more dumbed down? with fluoride and bisphenol A and all kinds of drugs and statin drugs and injections since birth with all these young children that we have. Unbelievable. Finally, Project Veritas has, came, has come out. It's interesting. They actually did a sneak interview basically exposing a Food and Drug Administration executive officer, Christopher Cole, who inadvertently revealed his agency will continue to announce the annual COVID vaccinations will become policy. What? What? Where do we get to vote on this? The FDA executive director, Christopher Cole, said, you'll have to get an annual shot, a COVID vaccine. I mean, it hasn't been formally announced yet because they don't want to, like, rile everybody up. President Biden wants to inoculate as many people as possible. You know, we, we they're not going to approve the emergency use authorizations for children, five-year-olds or less. So we'll see if they do or not. I hope they don't. He says on pharmaceutical companies, there's a money incentive for Pfizer and the drug companies to promote additional vaccinations. He says on the, pharma, on the financial incentive for pharmaceutical companies – it will be listen, listen exact his exact words. It will be recurring fountain of revenue. It might not be that much initially, but it will be recurring. If they can, if they can get every person required to get an annual vaccine, that is recurring return of money into their companies. The person reportedly in the video does not work on vaccine matters and does not represent the views of the FDA accordingly. But it made a big enough stink and a big enough splash with Project Veritas. I got to give them this, man. These guys have gotten themselves huge. It made Daily Mail. It made a front page on Daily Mail, and it says these are serious ethical issues. 
James O'Keefe demands answers after FDA executive officer is caught on Project Veritas hidden camera admitting Biden will force an annual COVID shot that would be a recurring fountain of revenue for drug firms. And I've posted all of this stuff. And so, guys, their narrative is unraveling in front of them. And so they're going to have to create a new narrative. This is what they always, always, always do. And then yesterday, an interesting article came out. It said corporate vaccine passports and mandates are brought to you by BlackRock and Vanguard. No surprise here. BlackRock and Vanguard. Investment giants BlackRock and the Vanguard Group stand to benefit from their ownership stakes in most of the corporations that impose COVID vaccine mandates and in some of the technology firms developing vaccine passports. Surprise, surprise, surprise. After the U.S. Supreme Court last month froze the Biden administration's vaccine mandate for large corporate private employers, some companies, including Boeing, General Electric, and Starbucks, dropped plans to implement the mandate. Others, however, based on the guidance issued in the 2020 by the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, left the mandates in place. Most of the large employers, listen, employers that opted to mandate COVID vaccines for their employees, even though the Supreme Court said they didn't have to, are basically something in common. They have something in common. They have massive amounts of their shares are owned by BlackRock and Vanguard and have ownership stakes in them. BlackRock and Vanguard, two of the world's big three asset managers, the other one's going to be State Street, also among the top three shareholders, listen, of COVID vaccine makers Pfizer, Moderna, and Johnson & Johnson, which means the two investment giants stand to benefit from these companies soaring profits and the resulting rise in those company stock prices. Vanguard and BlackRock don't just benefit from the sales of the COVID vaccines. As it turns out, they also have ownership stakes in technology companies developing vaccine passports. This is what's called circular ownership. They all invest in each other's corporations and basically prevent – they cross-collateralize what they do to prevent any major losses with any certain companies. Combined, BlackRock and Vanguard manage more than $15 trillion. Wow. And global assets, and I personally think it's much higher than that. To put this figure into perspective, that amounts to more than three-fourths of the U.S. gross domestic product and more than triple the GDP of the European Union's economic powerhouse, Germany, controlled by just these corporations. BlackRock is the world's largest asset manager, more than $9.5 trillion as of July. Vanguard held $7 trillion in assets. Notably, Vanguard is the largest stockholder in BlackRock. Here we go again, while BlackRock is the biggest stockholder in Vanguard. <laughs> Though the actual ownership structure of these companies have been identified and described as dark. In an August 21 article about the two firms, you know, it, it was pointed out that so far the appearance of the competition promised by capitalism, BlackRock and Vanguard, owe significant shares in companies that ostensibly completely compete directly with one another, such as Google, Apple, Microsoft, or Coca-Cola and PepsiCo. And, you know, and I've covered this so many times on the show. And, and, you know, and we need to realize that these guys, you know, they, they own, they own huge stakes of Albertsons, American Express, AstraZeneca, AT&T, Blackstone, Capital One, Carhartt, Chevron, Signan, Cisco, Citigroup, Columbia, General Motors, CVS, on oh, Delta Airlines, DoorDash, Eli Lilly. This list goes on and on. Facebook, Ford, General Motors again. And I, and last night I just said, I decided I'd just just do a couple interesting little things here. And I looked up basically the ownership of General Motors because, you know, I've got this truck that I can't seem to get that's trapped up in Michigan somewhere. And I've already bought the truck. I'm going to give you more detail on it. I've already bought the vehicle because I was told if I didn't buy the vehicle, 
that it might not be here when I when I go to buy it. Somebody else may have bought it. They were like pre-selling these units, which is okay. I don't have a problem with that because they don't they don't take the trade and they want to make sure they lock in the vehicle for you. But here's the deal: I've already got the title to the truck. You hear me, guys? I've already got the title to the truck that I bought back in December, and I still don't have ownership of it. I still don't have I don't have I haven't taken delivery of it. I'm paying insurance on it now because it's in my name. How weird is that? So you got to ask yourself a question. Who's really pulling the strings at General Motors? Oh, I'm glad you asked because I pulled some of that up last night. And who's telling everybody there's a chip shortage? And who's telling everybody there's a supply line shortage? Who's telling everybody there's a rail shortage? Who's telling everybody that we can't seem to get that truck on a train to get it down to you guys because we don't know where it is or how to find it? Who's telling everybody all of this crap? I mean, honestly, who's telling everybody all this stuff? So what we've got to do here, we've got to take a look at these ownership groups. And so what I did, I looked up to the, the ownership and who owns General Motors. And here's where it gets really, really murky. Now, I don't know who in the world Metatron Capital S-I-C-A-V-P-L-C is. Can't figure out who owns that. But they own one billion four hundred and fifty-three million shares of general motors <laughs> Can you just, and then blackrock owns some vanguard owns some i mean it's unbelievable i mean who owns this and so and then so i looked up i tried to find out who metatron was it sounds like something you see in a comic book and, and all i find was that you know they own all of this other stuff i looked at 13f and fund filings and they own a big chunk of google microsoft united healthcare and this is pfizer it's almost, it's almost laughable. And, and, and on and on. I'm looking at all the stuff they own. But here's the thing. They never tell you who the people are who own it. It's all muddy. It's all murky. Well, these are obviously the guys that have told everybody in their dealership networks, we have a chip shortage. <laughs> when you own a billion shares, I guess you can say whatever you want to say, isn't it? I mean, Unbelievable. What is the actual dollars worth of the billion shares? So if you can find out, guys, how Metatron and General Motors are basically linked together, it's too murky for me. But they're saying the, the capital value of their shares owned by Metatron Capital is $72 billion in General Motors alone. What the heck? Who has that kind of power? That's who's pulling the strings. I'm sure at the highest levels – those are the ones that are not allowing these vehicles to be delivered because they're stopping the velocity of money to help lower the inflation rate and stop the hyperinflation from occurring. And notice that this Federal Reserve piece of garbage bank out of Wall Street that's owned through Citigroup and controls the Exchange Stability Fund and actually controls the Treasury, they haven't raised interest rates yet. They're allowing the currency to inflate. They haven't increased. If they, if they increase the Fed's rate to 4 or 5%, It'll slow down this housing market. <laughs> It'll slow it down instantaneously. And see, here's the problem. They're not doing that. They're allowing themselves to monetize the debt by inflating the currency, which means you make the currency worth less, which means you make the, death worth, the debt worth less. So, again, this is the same trick they've always done. It's the same group of guys that do it, and they're murky. Remember when – what, what was it, Bernanke, that weirdo? I almost said something ugly. Remember when he got before Congress and they were, they were like 10, 15, 20 billion, trillion, billion dollars that was just missing. It was, no, it was trillions. And they asked, he asked them where it went. He goes, I don't know. 
<laughs> I don't know. I mean, like he doesn't know. And the crazy part about it was is that he never came clean on it. Because remember, the Fed is not part of the government, and it cannot be audited. Remember that. We, in, Ron, Ron Paul got a partial audit push through Congress one time. But, you know, we don't know where all the money went. It's like that 2.3 or 3.2 or whatever it was, trillion dollars that was missing from the Pentagon. <laughs> I just happened to lose 2.3 trillion last month, man. I don't know where it went. You know how much money, how much cash that, how much money that is? And then you find out, you know, the day after he announces that, Rumsfeld announces that, the Pentagon is hit in the exact location where these people have been doing the research on the $2.3 trillion. And all of a sudden, all of the files and all of the research and all of the money and all the people involved are dead. Yeah, that again. Crazy, crazy world we live in, Austin. What do you think, bud? What's your next story? Oh, you're, you're exactly right. I mean, it's funny. It's not, it's funny as far as, almost comical but when you actually dig in like you just did and you explained it so succinctly as far as who controls and runs all this it's the same guys that run and control everything just like you said with the chip shortage allegedly guys we're coming into the you know spring of 2022 the supply lines with chip shortages is not an issue anymore i've been in the vehicle industry for a very long time i've talked to dealers i've talked to contractors i've talked with manufacturers the chip shortage doesn't exist right now. It's a complete and total lie. They're saying this, again, like Dad just said, to slow down the velocity of money and also to slow down the velocity of internal combustion engine production. They want to remove all the vehicles off the road that actually run on fuel. They want everything to be full digitally controlled EV vehicles. They've looked at the research. They've looked at the standpoints with the 5G and the Internet of Things. You can't have fully electric vehicles that are fully autonomous on the interstate with people that are also driving their own personal trucks by themselves. They don't work. Vehicles have to talk to one another if they're going to run an EV Internet of Things. You can't have 50 electric vehicles that are all autonomous going down the interstate in unison, all you know, staggered all over the place. And then here comes me in the Chevy, blowing by everybody, speeding because that's what Florida is. Left lane is for speeding. The middle lane is for the speed limit, and the right lane is for slow pokes. Just is what it is. Don't write me letters and give me a lecture on it. That is Florida in a nutshell on the interstate. If you're trying to go the speed limit, get over to the right. If you're trying to get somewhere, get in the left lane, part of it. Leave me alone about it. But again, they don't want these vehicles doing that, and all of a sudden, a couple of us fly by in trucks. These EV autonomous vehicles don't know what to do. Because they're not communicating with us. We're driving ourselves, our own personal bodies, our minds are controlling the vehicle as we drive with the steering wheel. We don't have an AI controlling it. They can't operate and they can't talk to us. That is why they want to get rid of internal combustion engines, the entire platform of, of people that are driving. They want all self-driving vehicles. This is the shortage. This is the reason. And they want to price out the internal combustion engines out of the entire market. It's funny because, as you've seen, all these companies have pretty much said by 2030, 2035, they want to go full EV. Well, you've got a couple of the high-end manufacturers like Porsche, Lamborghini, Ferrari. They have, all now gotten, they have all now gotten clearance to keep producing internal combustion engines all the way pretty much in perpetuity. And they're going to run them off synthetic fuel that has a zero emission. Now, what's interesting about this, this stuff is going to be anywhere from like $10 to $15 a gallon 
for the synthetic fuel, and you pretty much can operate it in a vehicle right now. If you have a Honda Civic right now, you can still put the synthetic fuel, and it runs like zero emissions. Like, no, none, zero. Now, what's funny about this, if that technology has already been in place and they've already been producing this fuel for years now, why in the world are we still going to this whole entire asinine EV platform with these cars that get two and 300 miles on a charge and then they got to plug in for 30 minutes to four hours depending on the charging station in order to get a full charge so you can drive again? And massively, massively stressing the electric grid. Well, it's very simple. They don't want you driving. They want to take the last facet of personal freedom and the ability to travel freely, unmolested, on your way out of your hands, and you do not have the opportunity nor option to live freely anymore because those EV vehicles, remember, they can shut them down at any point in time. I got such a kick, you know, ironic kick when that happened in Texas last year, that massive freeze-out. It was horrible. My brother-in-law was over there. But they were talking about how the electric grid was so taxed and all the stuff basically started getting shut down. And they had to start buying electricity from outside of the state at like $1,500 per megawatt per hour. People were getting eight and $9,000 electric bills for having power you know, for a couple days during the rolling snow, the blackout. And I thought – well, if that's that easy to do with one simple storm, how easy is it to come in and say, well, guess what? You know, you've made comments on Facebook, Mr. Austin. You've made comments on social media. And they're not good. You can't say these things. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to restrict your, your driving vehicle. You're not going to be able to charge your vehicle. We've actually put a hold, a digital hold on your charging station, and your vehicle has also been locked. You're not allowed to get in your vehicle. It will sit in your garage for the next 48 hours. And you can think about what you've done, and you can think about what you said, and when you decide you want to be a good little quiet peasant again, you can get back in your vehicle and we'll allow you to drive. Literally, the flick of a switch, you can make that happen. This is why they don't want people having internal combustion engines that you can drive freely on your way. This is why they're driving the price up. This is why they're shorting the market on it. Also, too, in other news, this is interesting. This is big news, big deal. Very glad to see this. I encouraged everybody in Virginia to keep absolutely hammering the Loudoun County School District. And now the lawsuits have been hit. The judges have ruled. They have struck down the entire mass mandate imposed by the Loudoun County School Board, the hardcore leftist communist group that runs the school up there. Wednesday evening, immediately stating students can attend class without masks with zero punishment or ramifications whatsoever. The lawsuit that saw the administration of Governor Yunkin join forces with parents against the school district, Loudoun County Circuit Court Judge James Fisher granted an emergency injunction in the mandate after weighing arguments from the Parent Plaintiff Council. He said, today is a great day for Virginia's parents and kids. Not only did we pass a bipartisan bill, is what Yunkin said, empowering parents to opt out of any mass mandates, but also the Loudoun County Court reaffirmed parents' rights to have a say and what their child's health, education, care, and well-being is. We're excited that Loudon has reached this decision. Importantly, the court ordered that any disciplinary action against students who are punished for following their own right to not wear a muzzle and remove their mask, I put the muzzle part in there, will be expunged from their record. Oh, yeah. 
expunging everything. The attorney for the AG's office, Virginia Solicitor General Aaron Ferguson, agreed, saying that serious prejudice was inflicted on children that imposes daily irreparable harm by forcing them to wear a mask. Ferguson previously clerked for the Supreme Court Justice, and they have now cleared any and all aspects of mass mandates. The U.S. Surgeon General, Vivek Murthy, pointed out that depression and anxiety symptoms for youth around the world has more than doubled during the pandemic, and that clinical data has revealed suspected suicide attempts were 51% higher for adolescents than during the same period in 2019. I've told everybody for years, I've repeatedly said it, the masks were nothing more than full-blown theater as a control mechanism to dominate and make the populace submissive and train these poor children into believing that they are simply dogs on leashes and they have to walk where they're supposed to walk, say what they're supposed to say, and put a muzzle on your face when we tell you to do it. The videos I've seen, the stories I've read, the emails I've gotten have been heartbreaking over the last two years. They really have. I mean, just these children didn't deserve this. And my gosh, I hope God has no mercy on these individuals that push this. I mean that sincerely. There should be no mercy granted to these individuals. God is a just God, and I do not believe he will look down kindly on these people that did this to these children. Because it is it was not okay, it was not funny, it was not a joke, and it was not science at all. That's why April 2021, Ted and I went to the doggone school board down here in Polk County and raised Kane along with 30, 40 other parents and got them to drop it. And I brought article after article, research study, clinical study, peer-reviewed studies on why masks are not safe, they are, are not healthy, they are not science, and they should not be used under any circumstances with children in the school because they are not healthcare workers and they are not trained to handle protective equipment in a school system on a daily basis with reusable cloth masks that haven't even been shown to stop the contraction or the spreading of a virus at all. So glad to see us in Lowndes County. Kudos to the parents, kudos to the judge, kudos to the students that have all continued to push back against this. I hope this continues to spread all over the country. And these children realize this was not okay what was done to them. And I really hope they continue to understand what happens when you allow tyranny and you allow communism to come into the school systems. These children have to be taught the truth. That's why it is so important, my friends. It is so important. You keep teaching your children the truth. I know it's difficult sometimes. I know there's certain topics that are not fun to talk about. I know that people are busy. People work. Nobody wants to spend time with each other anymore. I get that. One thing that I've continued to tell people, and I try to do this every day, you need to have at least one meal together with the family once a day. That is one of the most effective things you can do to keep the family unit together. Continue to have discussions, continue to have dialogues, and continue to have that interaction every single night. It is so important, my friends. And I get it. Certain things happen. Sometimes you're busy, you're out of town, you're on vacation. I get that. I'm not talking about that. But on a regular basis, when there's nothing else going on, make it a priority to spend at least one meal with the family and enjoy each other's company and discuss what's going on, talk about daily topics that have occurred, talk about power moments, talk about trials, talk about you know challenges, continue to have those discussions with young children, especially when they're young right now, guys, especially when they're young because they're coming after the kids. 
If, if nobody got a clear-cut example what happens when you allow Marxism to penetrate the school and start dictating what children can and can't do and what they have to wear on their face, this has been a clear-cut example of why you can never allow Marxist indoctrination to enter the school. These, these teachers and these school board members that pushed this, especially in Loudoun County, they should all be removed, all of them. I hope they're all voted out with prejudice on the next voting cycle. I continue to encourage everybody up there, and I'm proud of people up in Loudoun for standing their ground and finally pushing back. Also, too, speaking of that, private schools now, apparently across the country, are starting to train teachers to expose children as young as four to sexually explicit content without their parents' knowledge. Oh, yeah. Directed by the National Association for Independent Schools as part of the Queer Inclusive Curriculum. Breitbart News reviewed the intensive trove of NAIS documents and teachers' training supplied to private schools nationwide, which under the guise of being queer and LGBTQRSTUZWXYZ with a plus sign in the end, whatever the heck that's supposed to mean anymore, urged the use of sexual material classes starting at pre-K, nearly an hour-long training workshop. At the NIIS flagship conference at the end of 2020, reviewed by Breitbart News, features discussion about how to talk to kids about gender and sexuality and identity, including how to talk to kids in pre-K about their bodies and what they feel like inside and do they feel like a girl or a boy. I'm not joking. This, this, is, this is right here. I mean, they're, they got the whole, whole article right here on Breitbart, slideshows and everything. This section also features teachers talking about how she once drew from the wrong book and accidentally talked to children in pre-K about specific female body parts as they reacted in horror, stressing that teachers should be kind to yourself in instances of problems. What? Yeah, this is what they're trying to do. They said seven-year-old children in grade two, the educator leading the lecture explains, ought to be taught about gender identity in second grade. In terms of your head and your heart and your body parts matching up, what happens if it doesn't? And how to handle yourself if you identify as something different? Why are we putting this in children's head, my friends? Well, the answer is very clear. Perversion and indoctrination. They want to make the children so confused. As I told you before, as a parent, you can make your children believe whatever you want if you want to teach them truth, if you want to teach them lies. The, tr the choice is yours as a parent. If you tell your kid that he's Batman, he's got a Batman costume, and he's running around the backyard, in his mind, he thinks he's Batman. He's hanging off the jungle gym, running around, and he's in his fantasy Batman world. Whatever. Okay. You go out there and start telling your child, hey, hey, little Jimmy, do you want to be Susie today? Do you want to be a girl? Well, no, I don't really feel like a girl. Well, let me know if you want to feel like a girl, Jimmy. We can make you Susie, and we can give you a wig and a dress and let you be a girl. Well, you keep telling him that day after day after day after day in these communist indoctrination camps that we call the public school system. After a while, little Jimmy's going to go, well, I guess I could be a girl today. Why not? Let's be a girl. And the problem is they do this intentionally with the prepubescent children. Once you start encouraging this and you start polluting these kids' minds before they go into puberty, it completely perverts and twists the construct of their psyche. Once you start teaching this post-pubescence and they start getting – females start getting estrogen or males start getting their testosterone, it doesn't become as effective because now the children's identity due to the hormone expression in their own body makes it a little bit more difficult to try to indoctrinate them into this. You get a boy, 
he's 14 years old. He's getting load up testosterone. He starts saying, hey, Jimmy, you want to be a girl? Um, no, definitely not a girl. I want to go fight. Oh, okay. Makes it very difficult. You start teaching them at four or five years old. Hey, little Jimmy, you want to you want to dress like a girl? You want to put on a dress and wear a wig? Well, sure. Why not? You encouraged it. You endorsed it. You said it's okay. Why not? These children look up to their teachers. They're their authority figure. They're their role models. In some cases, majority of these kids see their teachers more than they do their own parents. Sad as that is to say, remember, at the end of the day, your children are your responsibility. They're not the states. They're not the teachers. They're not the governments. They're your responsibility. They were given to you and blessed to you by God Almighty. Take care of them and keep training them as little Americans. And do not, under any circumstances, allow this filthy perversion to be indoctrinated into their skulls, especially at these young age groups. If they want to go turn 18 and they want to go lit, watch gender studies at their college that they got a scholarship to, that's on them. That's on them at that point. I don't encourage it and I don't endorse it, but that's on them. But allowing your four- and five-year-old kids to be exposed to this, no way, not cool, not happening, no excuse under any circumstances, this okay, Dad. What do you think? You know, years ago, I had a friend of mine, he's dead now, and he had a woman he married, this unbelievable Jezebel Biatch from H.P. Double Sticks. That's about as graphic as I can get. And uh, she was born, you know, in Colombia under communist rule, socialism. And she was so negative towards the American people and so negative towards the patriots from the Confederate War and Confederate War statues. She's a hardcore liberal communist whose daughter turned out to be a lesbian and she like had a big gay parade fantasy workshop and was so excited her daughter was queer. I mean, when people are indoctrinated in this way of thinking as a young child, all the way through their junior high school, college levels, etc., particularly in elementary school, especially the ages of three to eight when they're in a theta brainwave state, they don't have the ability to say, no, I don't believe you. They just believe what you tell them. These children have been irreparably damaged up in Virginia from these school boards who were forced to wear masks for two years and be under compliance, and their parents are to blame. The parents should have been raised in hell. All the parents should have been raised in hell. You know, at that school board, like you and I did last year. We don't even have children in the school, Austin. Neither, none of us have. You have. And we still went down there. And where are the pastors? That's the problem I've got with all of this stuff is that these parents were to blame that their four-year-olds were being forced to wear masks. Why didn't they pull the children out? Why didn't they homeschool them? Why did they allow that social indoctrination to occur? And all of the problems that these kids have as far as hiding behind a mask, not being able to verbalize properly, articulate properly. You know, a lot of kids are shy. You give them a mask to wear, they're going to be happy to hide behind the mask and completely destroy any socialization skills they develop. You know, it's, it's interesting you brought that up today, Austin, because yesterday, uh, I, I, my, my sister, one of my, I've got, I've got like five siblings. One of them contacted me and they said, interesting, after all of these years, our positions on so many issues are exactly the same. She's a very strong Christian also. And I said, here's what I told her. I'm going to read you some personal stuff here real quick. I said, well, our synaptic function is closely related to being full siblings. Plus, our grandfather, Uppa, and the Lutheran Church helped shape our values and faith while we were still in a theta brainwave state. That programming is difficult to change as an adult. That's why it's rare for an adult who never went to church as a child to get saved and accept Jesus Christ. The satanic group realizes that, that the same theta brainwaves of children are easily used to program a three- to seven-year-old to believe that being a transgender okay. 
from three to seven, you cannot filter content being taken in by the brain. The brain just accepts it as fact. Hitler did the same with the Nazi youth. Thank God that our father, after my mom and him got divorced, forced mother to take us to church via court order. Thank God we had perfect church and Sunday school attendance. I still remember getting Bibles as a reward. And I sent that to my sister yesterday. It's funny, Austin brought that up today. I'm telling you guys, I cannot emphasize enough how important it is to have your children in Sunday school and church and around Christian families and Christian children on an ongoing basis. I can't say how important it is because there's no words for it. It's on a one to ten scale. It's in a thousand. It's so critical to say how important it is. And I'm not using hyperbole. I mean this. You've got to have them around like-minded people so they're programming. Now, does that mean that all of your children, if you do this, are going to walk in the ways of the Lord? No, it doesn't mean that. But it's going to massively increase the chances of them doing so. So excellent report, Austin. By the way, Robert Califf, who basically was a, did a good job of helping Big Pharma shield themselves from any liabilities due to the opioid crisis that destroyed the lives of so many Americans while he was head of the FDA under the gay Kenyan, that is now being brought back to lead the FDA again to help Big Pharma continue growing in record profits and sales as they get ready to expand the market for the COVID-19 gene-altering shots by having Americans get vaccinated every year, along with the already probable profitable flu shots. While he was approved to lead the FDA by the Senate, an overwhelming vote of support with an 89-4 Senate vote on his original confirmation in 2016, this time around he was almost beaten with a 50-46, to but he was still allowed to come in. Remember what happened with Purdue, what happened with OxyContin, with all of the people who got addicted to these drugs, to these opiates, and how the Sackler family basically walked away from it, filing bankruptcy on the corporation and walked away with billions and billions and billions of profit. Not to only mention that, this was also being used to further the addiction of opiates coming out of Afghanistan to the American population to enrich the coffers of the CIA and black operation budgets. We've got over 60 million people, supposedly now, the last statistic that I saw could be changed, who are basically either using opiates, have used opiates, or continue to use opiates on a regular basis, with over 100,000 people dying last year from opiate overdoses, which I think is a much higher number than that, because of this clown in the FDA. And now they brought him back in again. Unbelievable what's happened and how many people have died. In fact, nearly... This is more than 101,000 Americans and over 1,500 West Virginians and nearly 2,500 Hoosers died between June the 20th and June the 2021. This is clear that how much has changed from the FDA. And this is something that's really important you understand this, guys. If you're given drugs, pain pillars, skills, pills for surgery or whatever, use them as least as much as possible and get off them as quickly as possible. It's very, very, very important because this pharmacia is of Lucifer. That's what it is. And sometimes you can use drugs. You've got serious pain. You can use drugs. I got it. I've been there, had back surgery. I got that. But don't allow yourself to get addicted to it. It's so very important. Remember, guys, keep your kids in church. Keep your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ. Pray with your children every day out loud. Pray with your wife. Ladies, pray with your husband every day out loud. It's important to maintain that type of spiritual intimacy with your spouse. Remember, this is the day the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and I will be glad in it. And we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, guys. Keep up the fight. Stand your ground. I love you guys. Finish it up, Austin. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Absolutely well said. Very, very important. And like I said earlier, with Loudoun County, 
I mean, I commend these guys for finally making a difference. I wish they would have done this earlier, but at least now the damage is stopped. The tourniquet is on. If you need to, you put double tourniquets. You kiss tourniquets. You stop the bleed, and that's what they're doing now in Loudoun. I encourage the rest of the country, you keep doing so. You continue to push back. You continue to make your voice heard. People are starting to wake up all across the country. The entire bogus lie is starting to unravel. I saw an article earlier now where Fauci, he's basically starting to lose any and all credibility, pretty much with everybody. I mean, I, I never respected the man. He's complete and total fraud as far as for what he did to the American populace. The highest paid government employee in the entire country, but yet he somehow – could never figure out how to keep his words straight, flip-flopped every week. He now came out and said, oh, well, we don't have a magic number on uh, when, when we're going to let the pandemic be over. Uh, we want to make sure the trajectory keeps going down. Uh, we don't know what that number is yet, but it will be much more determinate than the rate of infection. What does that even mean? What? Bro, we're done. You're do you lost. You're over with now. The gig's up. It's over. Your stupid goalpost moving's over with. Nobody listens to you. Nobody cares about you. Get off your high horse and stop acting like you're important because nobody wants to hear you anymore. Go hide in a cave and retire. He should be tried in jail for crimes against humanity for what he did and what he promoted. But again, we see real quick, just like Hillary, she ain't going to prison. They showed us that very, very clearly. Continue, my friends, to at least make a difference on your local level. Because the federal level, that's pretty difficult right now, I'll be honest with you. Do the best you can in your local community, your local area, your local school boards. Continue to push back as hard as you can. Thank you again for the support. If you guys need anything, healthmasters.com website. If you guys need anything at all, give us a call. The HGH Stimulate on sale and the product of the week, the Magnesium Brain Food. Check it out, healthmasters.com. Have a blessed, safe, awesome night. We'll talk to you again tomorrow as always. Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network. <laughs>